0: Hi everyone, welcome to Unscaled. It's the Full Metal Traveler, Jeremy Long, and I just want to say thanks for being here. It's a fun travel show, and you're invited every single week. We're glad you, we're really glad you keep showing up, and we're really glad you haven't called the cops yet. So we're hitting on all cylinders this week. We got a really fun show for you. It's all about national parks. Uh, we are going to hit you with some history, some facts, some figures. Also, you yeah, know, we're going to discuss. America the Beautiful Pass. Is it worth the purchase? Uh, What happens, you know, with this thing and and what else can you do beyond maybe national parks? Uh, Then we're going to play a little game of verses. if you're on a tight schedule in some of these places. You know, uh, should you uh, go see Old Faithful or should you go see something else if you're at Yellowstone? We're going to have that answer for you. Plus, a little bit later, we're going to interview and have a little chat with Ron Houck. The executive director of Cody Yellowstone. Uh, and he's going to give us some great insider tips and some, uh, you know, his personal favorites when you go and visit the park, when you visit the area. And a little bit later on in the show, we're going to uh, review some stuff, right? Some stuff. I leave it vague on purpose. It's exciting. You don't know what's coming up yet. Uh, this week, my co host is author Amy. Long. What's going on, Amy?
1: Hey, how are you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Having a good time. You know, this week. Yeah, it's any week you get to talk travel, Amy. Any week, especially uh you get to talk about our national parks. I think it's a fun week.
1: Yeah. They there are so many different national parks that have different um environments and things to see. You you can feel like you're in a different world from one to another. So it's it's really fun to go check them out.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know the crazy thing is, and this is where, you know, here's here's where the learning begins. So get your learning cap on, everyone. We're gonna learn you some things, okay. All in all, there are sixty three national parks wow. in the United States and uh, two U.S. territories, uh, but the the designation itself uh, is only for those sixty three. But there are four hundred quote unquote, national areas like national monuments, uh national forests, you know, national lakes, things of that nature. But we're going to be talking about the 63 that get the the uppercase, <laughs> <laughs> the uppercase national park designation. And what that basically means is it's under uh, congressional protection from logging and things of that nature, uh, development, like overdevelopment and all that. So if you weren't sure, that's what we're talking about. Uh, do you have any idea, uh, Amy, when the first national park was created?
1: I am going to guess okay. around the late 1800s. I look could be at wrong. You
0: look <laughs> at you. It's almost like you're looking at show notes or something like that.
1: <laughs> I'm yes. actually not. I was <laughs> looking <laughs> at something else.
0: <laughs> do you know? Do you know what our first national park was?
1: I only know because you told me earlier, it's Yellowstone. Oh,
0: look at that. (laughs) Yellowstone National Park was our very first national park. In fact, it was the first national park uh, anywhere in the world. We were the ones who kind of invented the national park. Or at least given it that name and that kind of protection and everything from the federal government. But it was created by, well, by a stroke of the pen of President Ulysses S. Grant. Hmm, Interesting. He might have done a couple of things. Uh, and it was in March of 1872, oh. so over 100 years ago.
1: Well, I have personally never been to Yellowstone, but you were just there. Yeah. What was your initial thoughts upon seeing the very first national park?
0: Number one, I did not have enough time. Uh, we were on a very tight schedule. Uh, I went up there with uh, you know uh, John Clock, who's a travel photographer. He's co-hosted on this show before. Uh, we did a you know, very quick trip. We only really got to see the west side of the park, but it was still amazing. Uh, Yellowstone is just, uh, number one, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, it is gorgeous. And even in our short amount of time there, we saw tons of animals, you know, which which kind of go to, they are having an issue uh, with that lady. <laughs> Some visitors have been uh, gored recently, getting oh. too close to the wildlife. Wow. Don't get too close.
1: It's not the animal's fault.
0: Not the animal's fault that we are in their home. Uh, Um, excuse me, but, uh, yeah, like I said, not enough time, but it's beautiful. Highly recommend, of course. And, uh, man, I can't wait to go back. Tell you that much.
1: And if you're like me, you've probably seen a lot of posts on social medias lately from people showing how the water levels have risen this Mm -hmm. year from all the snowfall and everybody saying, you know, you you have to go. It hasn't, they haven't had this much water. The water levels haven't been this high in Years and that now's the time to go see it. I don't know what that means for crowding. Uh, but, yeah, I think I would love to drive up there if you want to take a weekend with me.
0: <laughs> I think uh, in June, the the official visitation is at almost 900,000 visitors for the month of June alone, wow. which is up, of course, um, over the last two years by, I think, double digit uh, wow. percentages. Uh so there's a lot of people in the park this year. I think uh everyone getting out past post uh, post pandemic getting mm-hmm. back into the swing of things. Maybe they didn't do it last year. This is the first summer that people uh kind of hit the hit the ground running again. We saw a lot of folks there, but it didn't ever feel maybe maybe one or two spots that it ever feel like overcrowded, but yeah. Um that's for a later discussion. But okay. uh yeah, so first national park was Yellowstone in 18 to seven uh 1872. The latest national park created okay is one i visited just a couple of months ago uh in west virginia new river gorge national park created december 2020 Hmm. and it was fantastic really fantastic oh man i didn't uh, another one where i had multiple days uh near the new river gorge uh, national park but just not enough time to really get to explore everything um (laughs) everything that it has to offer anyway isn't I,
1: this the, the same park that had the bridge that you walked the yes. catwalk
0: on? Yeah, the New River Bridge uh, has a catwalk underneath it. And they do, uh, you can't pay to go underneath and walk underneath it, And it's like 900 feet in the air. Ugh. It's a stunning bridge. If you don't like heights like I don't like heights, it is quite the afternoon <laughs> to, <laughs> to do something like that. But we also did go down to the river and do some whitewater rafting through a company called Adventures on the Gorge which is a fantastic company. Cannot, uh, recommend them enough. So, uh, lots of fun to be had there. And, and you can tell different, different, uh, parks offer different things. Yellowstone, a lot of fly fishing. And mm-hmm. uh, we saw tons of fly fishers and, uh, Yellowstone all spread out. Nobody on top of each other, but everyone's spread out. But it looked like a, looked like a good time. I've never been fly fishing. Me neither. It looks very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sure. I, I, I at least want to try <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, and uh, so that park was created in December of 2020. Now the site, you, some of you may be asking, well, is there going to be a number 64? Maybe, and it might it might come as soon as this year. And we're already halfway through. So if it doesn't happen this year, folks are actually looking at 24 or 25. Uh, 20, uh, 24 or twenty twenty-five. Say that eight times fast. <laughs> uh, the site most likely to get bumped up to that national designation is Okmulgee. Mounds National Historical Park in Georgia, it would be Georgia's first national park hmm. uh, and it is on muscogee Indian land and it would be co-managed by the tribe and the park services that takes care of it, which would be the first time in uh national park history that, that happened so uh you know that could yeah. happen as soon as this year if, that's uh, interesting uh, if you it said it's a... the
1: first park for Georgia mm-hmm. so how many states do you have? A national park in on 30 30 30 states wow
0: and two u.s territories have national parks okay yeah um the most california believe it or not okay. you don't think about it i mean i know the big ones like yosemite king's canyon sequoia redwood hmm. those are kind of the four that jump off but california has nine national parks
1: nine wow uh, that's a lot
0: alaska has eight and Utah has its big five, and then most other states in there have have the one, wow. um, one or two, maybe three. I think Colorado maybe has four. Um, okay. But the most visited national park in 2022 for like the uh, for a number of years in a row was once again the Great Smoky Mountains.
1: Oh,
0: okay. Right there on the Tennessee North Carolina border. Uh with nearly thirteen million visitors.
1: Wow, thirteen that, million.
0: <laughs> that is a ton.
1: How how big is that park? Do you happen to know off the top of your head?
0: Oh no, not no. off the top of my head. <laughs> uh so many hundreds of thousands of acres. I
1: imagine it's pretty big. If, yeah. If I, I mean it's, thirteen million visitors a it's year. It's not
0: like Yosemite Yosemite's like almost eight hundred thousand acres, so it's not that big. But it, it does encompass a lot. And given its proximity to bigger cities mm. and a more crowded east coast i could see why it's yeah
1: that you makes know. sense that and makes it's sense.
0: beautiful i mean it's beautiful i haven't been but i've seen pictures right uh and everyone that's gone there and it seemed like a couple years ago that was the place to be oh, uh, right. a lot yeah. of our personal friends yeah, like every, everybody like, was going to every tennessee. single weekend <laughs> there was somebody in in tennessee uh so somewhere we need to get uh get to visiting very soon but compare that to here's the uh, another interesting stat. The least visited national okay. park.
1: Least visited. Oh, yeah.
0: Least visited national park is the National Park of American Samoa on the island of American Samoa uh had 1,887 recorded visitors last year. Uh-huh. So from almost 13 million to 1,800, that is quite the, uh, I don't know, quite the That's difference. That's a big drop, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, seeing as, I mean, American Samoa is... It's practically Australia.
1: Well, I just Googled America Samoa while you were saying that mm. and it looks gorgeous. I hope next year we are one of those eighteen hundred oh, uh visitors yeah. to the national park because I, would love that. I mean I don't think you can find anything prettier than this.
0: Oh. We're gonna try though.
1: We're gonna try. And I've I have got to check them all out. I've and been see. to a
0: number of parks.
1: You have. Uh, How many have you been to?
0: Uh thirteen.
1: 13 12 or 13 that's impressive I'd love to hear if anyone maybe has been to more than 13 oh yeah I'm
0: sure I'm sure but uh you know what we're gonna (laughs) I don't know uh we're gonna talk more uh especially if you're gonna visit a lot of national parks or if you're gonna visit if you have a plan on visiting all of them then you should absolutely consider America the beautiful past is it worth it though if you're only gonna do it every once in a while and what else does it encompass we're gonna have more stick around. It's all about national parks today. This is Unskill. traveler I want to thank you so much for joining us for all of our past interviews for episodes and uh, you know tons of stuff on the blog go to fullmetaltraveler.com. check it all out or if you'd just like to send me hate mail you can go do that too that's all right you send me hate mail I'm just sending you some back um I'm not being very defensive about our national parks today uh, we were talking about interesting facts and figures about our national parks uh and earlier and a little bit later we're gonna talk about (laughs) if you're pressed for time some suggestions on what you know through through just a couple parks we don't have time to go through all of them but some suggestions on you know maybe do this instead of this other thing and then uh we're gonna talk to ron halk the executive director of cody yellowstone in just a few more minutes so stick around right now so We were talking about visiting all these parks. I visited about 13. Right now, there are 63 national parks. Um, You know, the crazy thing is, if you do these individually, you know, if you do one every couple of years, I mean, it could take a lifetime. It could literally take a lifetime to visit all of our national parks, which is crazy to me, right? But if you're on a trip, or say you just really love national parks and you're going to do multiple a year. There is a pass worth, you know, that will get you into all of these places. It does come with a price tag. Is it worth it? That's what we're we're going to discuss right now. And that pass is the America, the beautiful pass right now. You can go and get it online. It takes a couple of days to come in. It actually, the service is pretty fast. We've ordered it a number of years. And it uh, retails for $80, $80 flat, no taxes or anything. It's all right there, $80 for this America beautiful uh, America, the Beautiful Pass. And it gets you into, what, all of the national parks right so, here? So
1: I think it's important to note that it's $80 for the pass, but the pass is for uh, a vehicle. So it's mm-hmm. not per person. Yeah. So when we go travel, we just show that pass and we go right in. So both of us are included in the entry fee there. The PASS covers not only national parks, but it also covers more than 2,000 federal recreation sites across the U.S., which is your U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service uh, facilities, lands managed by the U.S. Forest Service, Bureau of Land Management, all of these different uh, places, recreational places that you can go. So we're not just talking about the 60-odd, national parks we're talking about over two thousand places that this pass will get you into
0: absolutely so like uh, we were kind of reading it off earlier but some of the more interesting places like alcatraz Mm -hmm. it gets you entry to alcatraz right uh there are i mean like you said there are tons of state parks i know if you're here in vegas where we uh record our show uh red rock canyon the scenic area which is uh, technically like a, just a conservation area, like a mm-hmm. state or it's, a national conservation I think it's area the,
1: under the Bureau of Land Management. There you go. Mm-hmm.
0: It's covered and its right. fees and everything. And there are what museums?
1: There is a museum on site. Uh, there are multiple hiking trails and then there is a scenic trail to drive through the property.
0: Oh, but what about museums? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Does it cover museums? Yeah. yeah, it covers a lot of museums. I was actually just yeah. reading that. The um National Park Service has actually grown to become more of almost like a historical society, helping yeah. to preserve the nation's history and and culture going back, you know, hundreds of years. So they're really working to encompass quite a few things opposed, as opposed to just national parks. So mm-hmm. if you are a museum goer or you do like to go hiking or you just like scenic views, this could potentially save you quite a bit of money if you purchased it.
0: Yeah, cuz uh, if you just look at uh, the fees associated with a-, a single car going into say maybe the Grand Canyon. Right. How much is that fee?
1: It says um if you walk into the Grand Canyon it's $20 a person. If you come in through a single car, it's $35 a car.
0: So you you and the spouse and the kids you you hop in the car, you go to the Grand Canyon and boom, $35. Hey, it's good cause. To help support the national parks but say uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, John Clark and I we we left Vegas uh kind of haphazardly not a plan in place uh <laughs> but we we made it a point to hit a number of US parks okay so we went we hit Yellowstone Grand Teton Arches uh Canyonland Zion um is that it? yeah we had a we had a plan to hit uh, Bryce Canyon and a couple of other places. Um, but we didn't, we didn't make it to all of them, but we did hit a number of them. And because of the America, the beautiful pass, we didn't have to pay a dime as far as entry fees when that easily would have cost us.
1: Are you, you know, probably looking at $200?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and here's the great thing. John serves in the military. He has an active U.S. military, uh, ID. Uh, he showed it to him right at the gate. They gave them the military. There is a military version of America Beautiful Pass that you can get for free if you have a, a military ID. And there's also a couple of other versions.
1: Right. I was just reading, and I think this is probably the most interesting one. But for fourth graders, so if you have a child in fourth grade, they can get an American the Beautiful fourth grade pass for free that is good for the entire year that they are a fourth grader. I don't know why it doesn't say, but I find that very interesting. Forget the other
0: grades, just fourth grade?
1: (laughs) Fourth graders are very curious. Let's put it that way. I don't know.
0: Once I get about eighth grade, I got really curious. (laughs) Um,
1: Not about national parks. Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. There okay. is
1: also a seniors pass. Yeah. Um, And so it is eighty dollars also, but it is not eighty dollars annually. It says it is eighty dollars, and it is a lifetime pass. There so you go. Once you hit that age, <laughs> what age is that? Does it say what age it is? <laughs> um, unfortunately, I already clicked off of that. Let me see. No. Sorry, I was. It's okay. Moving Just ahead. find
0: it. Uh, but for the uh, re- uh, for the regular America the Beautiful pass you can go to nps.gov nps.gov and it's all right there all the information like i said we've done it you fill out a couple of things you pay the 80 dollars and it's actually pretty quick a pretty quick turnaround right. you'll get the pass uh because they ship it i think 2 day
1: it, I, we it's, had it within 2 weeks i remember that it was very very quick
0: yeah i think depending on the the rush right. of people you get uh you get it quicker but it's a very Pretty quick turnaround. Right. And oh, or just you coming
1: can, back to the Senior Pass, it's $80 for a lifetime Senior Pass if you're over 62.
0: There you go, 62.
1: Or you can pay $20 for an annual pass.
0: Okay. There you go. <laughs> well, never mind. I wasn't going to complete that <laughs> uh, Or a lot of these, they can be purchased at the gate. But I know most people, once you're there at the park, you don't want to stop and get held up. Some of them have designated lines. So if you're not in the right line, you can't get the pass and all this other stuff. So just do yourself a favor. Get it ahead of time. Save yourself some time and some money. I I
1: would also point out that some of the parks do uh, limit entrances for the day. So I would mm. just check out whatever park you're interested in going to and see if they do have a daily capacity or if you need to reserve a spot. We've had to do that before. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that we're going to come between eight and eight thirty, and our name was on a list. Yeah. So you may just want to go to <laughs> yeah. the nps.gov website and look up the park you're planning to go to and see if they have any restrictions like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, John and I ran into that problem at Arches. Oh. Arches is very much on a registration schedule, and um, I think our time was at one o'clock. We showed up at like eleven thirty, and they, sure enough, turned us around. <laughs> And told us to come back. They was not playing.
1: You have to follow the rules.
0: Yep. So speaking of uh, being on a tight time schedule or following the rules, uh, these are just a couple of personal tips we were kind of getting into if you're on a very tight schedule. Um, some of the parks that we went to, I mentioned earlier, Yellowstone, we were on a very tight schedule. We got there first thing in the morning, like right after it opened. But we didn't have all day to spend in Yellowstone. Cause we had to drive back down and get back to like Utah and things. So knowing what I know now, and this is all this is personal opinion, knowing what I know now, uh, you asked me, I think a while back I if did. you had to do it differently. Cause we did go see the big things on the West side of Yellowstone, uh, like the grand prismatic spring, which is that big colorful spring that you see pictures of everywhere. You can Google it real quick. It's beautiful. You can see it and walk it, which is ground level. Or if you drive around to the side of it, there is an overlook that takes you, you know, you got to park, which parking is hard to come by there. Mm-hmm. Uh You have to park and walk up a cliff or walk up a hill or whatever it is. I don't know. And you get a overlook of the Grand Prismatic Spring, which is where a lot of these beautiful and it's like deep blues and a green orange and poppy yellows and all the stuff. And it's because of the bacteria oh. uh, that comes from the superheated water and everything. Just a little bit of knowledge right there for you. Interesting. Um, we left there and immediately went over to old faithful, which old faithful, they kind of have it down to an inexact science of when it will erupt, but it's not always on time and it's super crowded. Oh. So okay. for my money, Seeing both of these things, right now, I would choose the Overlook. I would park, take my time, go up the Overlook, get the beautiful pictures of the Grand Prismatic Spring, as opposed to Old Faithful. Now, Old Faithful is, I know it's a national treasure thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's on everything. It's on every item in their park and everything. I get that. But for the eruption that I got and Saw versus the Grand Prismatic Spring, I was like, it was... Old fave looked like a little, just a, it's not how it used to be.
1: I don't know that you want to call or phrase it for the eruption that you got because that just sounds dirty, but. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But I guess it was a little anticlimactic, so <laughs> I can see what you're saying. I don't
0: think that's much better. <laughs> I don't think that's much better at all. Uh, we visited Sequoia National Park.
1: Yes, we did. A couple
0: years ago. <laughs> we did a number of things in there. Uh, my daughter and I, we climbed uh, Moira Rock. Right. Uh, you guys went to General Sherman. We did the log tunnel. If you are pressed for time, of those three, you know, or maybe two, two versus three, you only have time for two of them, either the log tunnel, or everyone takes a picture of the giant log that's on the ground and you drive through it, versus the general sherman tree which is a huge tree
1: it's huge Yeah, the base
0: of it is just enormous or climbing up more rock which two would you choose
1: i so i was with you the whole time but i chose not to walk up yeah the the trail on the rock just Mm -hmm. it had already been a long day i was tired Mm -hmm. um so for me i probably would skip that one again because i do think the tunnel was really cool. Uh, we were lucky in that there were only a few cars over there, but we have seen photos of very long lines of cars trying to get their, their Instagram moment. Um, so if you have to pick two, I would probably do the tunnel and the general Sherman tree, just because if you've never seen a tree that large. Yeah. And by that large, I'm looking at the stats right now. The base of it is 36 feet in diameter. Yeah. That you can't even really comprehend it. It's so big. Yeah.
0: Um, We can talk about it, but it's, it's it's just generous. It's
1: huge. So I would do that. It is a little bit of a hike. It's about half a mile from the parking area down to the tree. And when I say down, it is down and Mm. you have to hike back up. But I do believe they run shuttle services sometimes. Okay. So that could cut down on your, your time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There you go. If you go to a national park, and you don't want to walk around. They got shuttles. Uh Speaking of shuttle service, they do have that at uh, Yosemite. I went there a couple of years ago. Uh The big one is always between climbing Half Dome, which is always an adventure, or going to the much less crowded, just as scenic Cloud's Rest, which is a longer, just as strenuous walk, but less crowds and all of that. A lot of people lean toward Cloud's Rest, I'll leave that to the people, Clouds Rest versus Half Dome. Let me know. Go to FullmetalTraveler.com, drop me an email, drop me a line. Let me know which is better, Half Dome or Clouds Rest. Or what would you do? Give me your ideas for uh, verses. Let's do this instead of this. What do you think? Keep it right here. When we come back, we're going to talk to Executive Director of Cody Yellowstone, Ryan How about all the things. Well, all the things you should do in Yellowstone, right? All right, this is Unskilled. We'll be right back. everyone welcome back to unscaled it's jeremy long the full metal traveler this show you know we've been talking all about our national parks and you know i love my national parks man you know not necessarily the hiking uh you know chubby guys like me need lots of water lots of uh you know shade things like that but it's okay it's okay us big fellas we gotta we gotta hit the parks too uh i don't know how we segue into this (laughs) from that (laughs) I, you know, we have a very special uh, treat for you today. Uh, the executive director of Cody Yellowstone, Ryan Houck. Thank you so much for joining us today, man.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here with you. Oh man, come on! You, you'd be I, the I first one to say too, that. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, even even if you're a big guy, I mean Yellowstone is 2.2 million acres, so there's plenty of opportunity to hike. But uh, there's <laughs> something for everybody. I can tell you that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There absolutely is. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I actually was in Yellowstone. A friend of mine and I, we drove through, but we drove through the, the West side. So we went to West Yellowstone, not on your side of the uh, park, but it is significantly cooler there. It is, uh, you know, just, I mean, what can a guy like me say about how beautiful this park is? But it is, I mean, I, you, you have to be able to step back in time a little bit and understand. What, you know, folks like Teddy Roosevelt and all of them saw whenever they were first going into the park. I mean, you know, just the sheer grandiose you know, and, and majesty of how beautiful this place is, is just off the scales. And you get to experience this on a daily basis. You know what? I have some names for you, but I'm, yeah. I, I'm most of all, I'm a little bit jealous.
2: No, I mean, there's a reason Yellowstone was the first national park in the world. I mean, it really is like nowhere else you've ever been. We have a lot of media that comes through here. We have a lot of tour operators, just a lot of first-time travelers, and they think they know what to expect until they get here. Um, I mean, it truly looks like you're on another planet in some areas uh, with geysers going off and just crazy colors that you get, uh, most famously from you know, Grand Prismatic, things like that. Uh, there's fumaroles, there's the the mud paint pots where mud is just literally looks like it's boiling out of the water. You have the the highest concentration of mammals than anywhere else in North America over in Lamar Valley. You'll see massive herds of bison and elk and moose and, you know, all the way down to little foxes, little ground squirrels, uh, bald eagles, golden eagles. I mean, it's the stuff that you see there is, it's hard to really explain until you are there to experience it. And we are definitely very lucky uh, to call this place home. and And what's even nicer is not only do we have Yellowstone National Park, we also have Shoshone National Forest, which is the first national forest mm-hmm. in the country. So we have 80% protected public lands here wow. that we get to experience every day and call home. So it's pretty fun.
0: Uh, wow. That's, I mean, that's so exciting to hear, man, but, uh, let's back up a little bit. You are the executive director of Cody Yellowstone. Tell me a little bit about your, your mission and behind the, you know, the, everything you do for the tourism in the area and just to highlight the, all the, the natural stuff you guys have going on there.
2: Sure. Yeah. So, you know, everything in a nutshell, we're the tourism office, right? We're here to market and sell the destination uh, to produce economic impact uh, through the tourism industry. Uh, what's funny is Cody itself actually only has 10,000 residents. Park County, uh, which is the, obviously we represent the entire county, only has just about 30,000 residents. Yet we welcome well over a million visitors every single year um, because of everything that we have here um we're typically known as not just the east gate to yellowstone but we also have access to the northeast gate of yellowstone so uh, you'll see a lot of people what's called hub and spoking out of cody so they'll stay in cody and they'll they'll go out for the day and come back. Go out for the day and come back. That way they don't have to you know change hotels all the time. Yeah. Um, but we're we're much more than just a, a gateway to a national park. We're also very well known for being one of the best western towns in the entire country. We have 14 guests and dude ranches uh, in our county. Uh, we have the only nightly rodeo in the entire world. It's called the Cody Night Rodeo. Spelled N-I-T-E. And that's been running for uh, over 130 years now. And that happens every single day from June 1st through the end of August. We also have gunfights downtown. We also have um, amazing, amazing outdoor recreation op- options with guided services um, all throughout the county as well. So we, you know, not to brag, uh, we really do kind of have it all, though, with the national park, with the authentic Western experiences and some amazing world class outdoor recreation. And really our mission is. Um, is more than just economic impact it's it's creating experiences for travelers that you know have traveled a lot and spent a lot of money to get to this area and make sure that they have lifelong memories by the time they live uh, leave here and um really get to experience more than what they even expected that they would get to do when they, when they got here
0: now you mentioned i mean there are so many options obviously people think yellowstone first and foremost but like you said, there are so many chances to have different experiences, getting dirt under your fingernails. Yeah. There's the the history and the culture, the cowboy culture, all of the, you know, uh, the, I think I saw something about chuck wagon dinners and all of that. You can get back into yeah. Yeah. <laughs> personally, what, yeah. what in your mind, in your opinion, are some of those can't miss experiences for maybe first time visitors or second time visitors who maybe only saw the park
2: the first time? Sure. Yeah. So our number one attraction by far and away, um, that's outside of the park would be what's called the Buffalo Bill Center of the West. This is, uh, five Smithsonian affiliate museums all under one roof. And it really truly is five full size museums under one roof. It takes up an entire block. It is massive. If this, if this was in the center of Manhattan, it would be the, the star of Manhattan, but we luckily have it right here in Cody, Wyoming of all places. So that is definitely a must-do. The other must-do is what I mentioned before, the Cody Night Rodeo. It really is every event in, that exists in rodeo happens every single night throughout the entire summer. So whether you're international traveler, motor coach, fam, domestic family coming into town, that Cody Night Rodeo is an absolute spectacle. And there's a reason it's been going on for over 100 years. It is fantastic. If you're looking for some amazing outdoor recreation options, I mean, honestly, Jeremy, it's, it's hard to narrow it down. I, uh, we are definitely known to be one of the best fly fishing areas in the entire country. We have 1500 miles of world-class trout, uh, fishing streams all throughout the Bighorn Basin. So, you know, fly fishing, we have lots of guided services for that. Another really fun experience that's really starting to catch some popularity is an experience with a company called Tread and Trails. They actually rent out, um, Polaris side-by-sides. Um, and specifically, uh, the experience that they're offering right now is to, uh, what's called Kerwin Ghost Town. To get to Kerwin, you actually have to go through river crossings and some really massive lands, uh, mountainous landscapes that you'd come to expect when you come to Northwest Wyoming. And when you get there you actually get to uh, walk and look inside of these historic mining buildings that existed inside of Kerwin. Because it's an old mining town, the rivers are full of minerals, so you'll see rocks that are like royal blue and red and, and, and white and all sorts of colors throughout the river. About three quarters of a mile hike from Kerwin uh, once you get there is actually where Amelia Earhart's vacation cabin was being bu- built, so you can go check out where that site is. It looks wow. like some logs nowadays, but you get to go see that history. On your way there, you'll probably see grizzly bears. You'll probably see moose and some elk. You actually pass by a bison farm, so they're not wild, but you do get to see bison uh on your way out there. So why that's become so popular why popular is because you get to see the wildlife, you get to experience the history, and you definitely get to see that landscape that you expect when you come to northwest Wyoming. So... Couple of outdoor rec options for you there. Uh, a few kind of the the, the front-facing attractions for you there. But there's so much to see and do. I mean, you could spend ten days here and not see and do it all. So it's pretty pretty spectacular.
0: Yeah, and and you are probably one of the rare people that when you say something like that about an area, such as Cody Yellowstone, that whole area and all the towns and everything involved. It's it's not it's not. it's not being an it's kind of an understatement there is so much to take in there for from just that area alone Uh, so recently i know cody yellowstone launched a uh, what you guys are calling a sipping trail uh it's the destination's top breweries and eateries and everything tell us a little about that about the sipping trail drink pass and how the hell do i get one of these t-shirts because i want one (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well it's actually pretty easy and it's free so uh i'm glad you're interested so yeah once you get to park county or what's uh, it's known as cody yellowstone so that includes cody Powell, and matizzi mm. um we essentially have all of our breweries distilleries and basically what we call our drinkeries um places that actually have kind of set up bars and stuff if you visit these places um, you'll actually go to our website. You'll download the Sip and Trail. It's not an app. It just actually works through uh, like your Safari or your Chrome on your phone. Um, and basically when you go to these places, you just ping that, that you're there. You say check in, um, on, on that, uh, application there. Mm-hmm. And once you ping that, it will, um, you know, check in and make sure that, the, and know that you are actually there. Once you're there, you'll start to gain points. The more points you get, um, the more uh, prizes that you qualify for. Uh, and the more points you get, actually, the better the, the prizes get. So it starts out with just a sticker. If you visit a couple places, visit a couple more where you qualify for a T-shirt. Visit a couple more well, you just qualify for the grand prize for the Sip and Trail, which is a laser enga- eng- engraved glass. And all you're really doing is checking in uh, and doing the things that you were going to do anyway, uh, and you get prizes for doing it. So this just launched, actually, just a few weeks ago. And it's gone very well. We've actually seen people from over 20 states already participate in this thing. And it's getting even more popularity as we do stuff like this, podcasts, news releases, stuff like that about it. And it's been great. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Oh, man, that sounds like a blast right up my alley. I get free stuff for drinking. which That's <laughs> just right there. Everything I, I, I love. Uh, before we go, Ryan, oh, yeah. uh, once again, just kind of focusing in on people who may not have ever been to the area. In your in your sure. opinion, any tips or advice for first-time visitors, either to the park or to Cody Yellowstone in general, any of the towns around there? Because I know in certain seasons it can get a little crowded, it can be a little busy. What would you
2: sure. recommend? You know, like you just said, like certain times of year it can get a little bit crowded. We're never too bad over here, I don't think, um, you know, especially around the... From June 30th to July 4th, we hold a PRCA rodeo, a professional rodeo. It's the best in the entire country during that time of year. Mm -hmm. And we'll see more people then than ever. Uh, but it's for a certain reason. We're one of the best 4th of July destinations in the country. But, um, if you're looking to escape the kind of the crowds, I guess the park usually opens beginning of May and, and closes before right before November or maybe November 1st, right around there. And so those are always good times to come closer to when the opening, the closing of the park happens. If you're wanting some insider tips, um you know, it just depends on what you're looking for. If you want to really see an abundance of wildlife, I would highly recommend September. September is when you're going to hear the elk bugling. Uh you'll see a lot of grizzly bears out kind of foraging before they're getting ready for their hibernation. Mm. Um it's kind of mating season for a lot of the animals, so you'll see you know bison um All out and about and and doing all their their crazy mating ritual rituals. I mean, it's a spectacular (laughs) time to come and it really is not uh, the crowds that you'll see in July. September is a great time to come and even October is another great time to come. If you're looking for um, something that's a little bit unique and kind of kind of not so mainstream, i would highly highly suggest winter time especially if you're more adventure focused um what's cool about the winter time is that's really when you will see more animals than any other time in the year which you probably might be surprised surprised to hear other than bears because they're hibernating the snow drives the uh the animals down to lower ground and without trying uh you'll pass by massive herds of elk and and bighorn sheep will be way easier to find um, up and down what's called the North Fork, which is the area between Cody and the East Gate of Yellowstone. You'll see lots of birds come out in the wintertime as well, such as eagles um, and hawks and stuff like that. Uh, but for wildlife and some serious photography opportunity, uh, winter is also great. But also winter is great for some outdoor recreation. We are actually known as one of the best places in all of North America for ice climbing. And wow. uh, specifically, we have the highest concentration of ice than anywhere else in North America. And yes, that includes Alaska. Yes, that includes Canada. Uh, for North America, we have the highest concentration of ice for ice climbing, which is really saying something. Yeah. Um We also have world class snowmobiling, world class cross country skiing um and talk about not having to, to fight the crowds and not having to pay the high prices um you don't have to worry about any of that in the winter time and we still have access to the east by snowmobile into the park if that's what your ultimate goal uh is which winter time in yellowstone nothing beats it it's absolutely spectacular so that's kind of some some hidden tips and tricks for you guys there
0: well ryan thank you so much for your time i know you're uh you know incredibly busy especially this time of the year so we really do appreciate uh, you stopping by the show and everything. So, folks, if you want to be involved, you want to keep up with the events, everything to uh, see and do, places to stay, everything, go to CodyYellowstone.org. That's CodyYellowstone.org. Check out everything that got going on there, especially the the brand new Sip and Trail Drink Pass. And listen and take in all those tips that Cody, I mean, that Cody, that Ryan just gave us through uh, Cody Yellowstone. <laughs> and uh, take it to heart because September, October, great months, winter You know, he just laid it all out there for you better than I ever could. Ryan, thank you so much. Guys, when we come back, we're going to have more. Keep it right here. It's Unscaled. Welcome back to Unscaled. It's Jeremy Long, the Full Metal Traveler. Thank you so much to Ryan Houck for all his time. Hope you learned some stuff. <laughs> I know I did. Uh, some best practices and some tips, and his own personal uh, favorites as far as things you should hit in town. You know, I mean, because the park is the park. Yellowstone is Yellowstone. Hit everything in there. But some good stuff information for, you know, the, the town of Cody and, and all the surrounding areas. So thank you so much to him. Earlier, We talked uh, a little bit about America, the beautiful pass, totally worth it for $80. Get out here. You can get into like 2,000 different places for free. And of course, some history facts and figures on our national parks. So we're going to close with some reviews from time to time. uh, Agencies, press companies, they will send us products, travel products for review. Uh we will say up front, we are never financially compensated for these uh reviews, or we're not under any obligation to talk about them when we get things that we like and we use and we try out, and we would recommend it. We're gonna pass that on to you, let you know about it, and in this case, we have a couple of things we really wanted to work into the show uh the first one is uh is something that yes, you can do especially on your travels, and it would make sense to use the, the second one I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll leave that as a toss up. But the first one we're going to talk about is True Primal's line of soups. Yes, I know that sounds weird, but it's uh, right now I'm holding you right here in my hands. It's the Southwest style chicken soup. Okay. Now, soups are very personal to people.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: people have hard opinions on soups. I'll tell they you that do. much. They you talk do. to people about soups, and people get opinions about soups. I think most impressive about True Primal's soup. Is not necessarily how good it tastes because it does taste excellent. I think it's all the things that aren't in this soup. Right. So if you are not into gluten, if you are maybe, you know, trying the paleo thing or something like that, this is a soup I would highly recommend you check out because listen to the list of things that aren't included. There's a number of them. I won't go through all of them because I want you to go into an exploratory mission, right? But no gluten or wheat. No corn syrup, no added sugar, no preservatives, no grains, corn, oats, rice, no artificial flavors, no MSG, no yeast, no soy, no soybean, no canola oil, no beans, no milk, dairy-free, right? Okay, it's all of these things. And there's so much more I didn't even list. True Primal, okay? We tasted it. The thing I like about it is that if you're going hiking, if you are going RVing or anything like that super easy right it is so convenient you can microwave it you could have a, a stove top or around a campfire or something like that you can make it uh the, the, they have it in a package uh and a uh, pouch yeah a pouch there you go couldn't think of the word you could cook it right there eat it right out of the pouch you don't need anything else other than maybe a spoon but, you know, you could, you, you could, could just drink it. Yeah, you could drink it too. I, guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, you tried it. Yeah. what do you think? I was pleasantly surprised with how, how good it tastes because mm-hmm. you do go on these camping trips with yep. your friends and you always buy, um, food that you can just add boiled water to and, yeah. and eat. And yeah,
0: they're dehydrated or the, uh, you know, just add water kind right. of. Right. And, and there's, dried stuff. there's
1: some mixed reviews on, on those, but so I wasn't, Honestly, my expectations were not that high for this soup and I was very pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I really like is looking at the list of ingredients. It is all organic vegetables and seasonings. There's nothing on here that I can't pronounce. Yeah. So these are real ingredients that if you were going to make a soup at home, you would put it into, in, you would put those same ingredients in the soup.
0: Now, obviously you can season it to your personal taste. We are from the South we like things just a little bit spicier but you know what it is ready to go right out of the pouch it is super delicious and in fact we were like you know they gave us a couple of pouches we were like hey you, you just want this for dinner right. <laughs> cuz it tastes good it it's filling and uh you know you don't have to worry about all the extra stuff in it so once again go check them out they got to have a whole line uh of flavors and everything so find the one that you like but check out True Primal for uh their line of soups i mean just i am absolutely impressed uh me too impressed by that uh the other thing is less less uh, national parky but it still (laughs) has something to do like you know with your travels now cologne itemizers uh, atomizers are not a new thing they've been around for a while so it's not necessarily a new product but this is from travallo it is the milano line for them Uh, it's aimed, marketed towards men, but honestly, anyone could use it. So this is a cologne atomizer. What is a cologne atomizer? Well, basically, you remove your, uh, the top of your cologne or perfume with a couple of, uh, with a couple of pumps, you fill this travel size container up and then boom, you have a travel size version of your favorite perfume or cologne. To bring with you, to have on your person, whether you're traveling for or whether you're like going to the gym, whether you keep it in your car for a refresher in the middle of the day or something like that. Or I even thought about like, you know, giving it for bachelor parties or bachelorette parties. Right. Uh, they have a whole line of these. I'm looking at the uh, the black and silver one. It's weighty. It doesn't feel cheap and plasticky like so many other ones do. It is. It is a little bit pricey. It is a pricier than these other ones because it's not cheaply made of this like plastic that you think is going to fall apart in your hands. I like it though. It feels luxurious to me.
1: Right. Well, so I was very happy when you received this because I, we do travel and I don't have any travel size perfumes. And when we are just uh, doing carry on, Mm -hmm. I don't get to carry perfume. So I have been actually looking for one of these and I just hadn't purchased one. And so when this came in, Sorry, babe, but I put my perfume in it, so this <laughs> is did. now mine. It smells
0: good. It <laughs> smells good. And, you know, most of all, man, if you're going for something like a little bit elevated, and we're all about elevated experiences when we travel, this is the product for you. So the Travallo Milano line of you know, personal perfume and cologne atomizers. Highly recommend. It feels great. It looks great. I mean, it looks stupendous. I mean, see this yeah, black and silver. And
1: it was super easy to use. It's super easy. Yeah. I've literally two steps to fill it and then you're on your way.
0: Yeah. You, are uh, and, and you can replace the vials, the inner vials and everything and have multiple perfumes, smells, different <laughs> things, whatever you want, whatever you like. So for, uh, we also, I also wrote a little bit more about it. You can go to fullmetaltraveler.com. Check it out. So thank you so much for uh, those uh, press groups and agencies for sending those products along. And again, we are never financially compensated for these and uh, there were under no obligation to give it any kind of nice review or anything like that, or even mention it in the first place. So we're only mentioning it now because we really liked these products. So we hope right. you'll check them out and we'll leave the, uh, uh, we'll leave the, uh, the URLs, the the links where you can check them out online you know, when we post this show on our website, again, FullMetalTraveler.com, all about our national parks. So just find that episode and you'll see all of that. So we want to thank you for sticking with us through our look at some of the facts and figures, history of national parks. And, of course, our interview with our friend Ron Houck from the uh, Cody Yellowstone. He's the executive director. Hope you learned some good stuff. Hope you found it interesting because I sure did. Didn't you,
1: I did. You did. I learned Yay. some things. You did.
0: You learned all kinds of stuff. I so, did. for everyone here, for Amy and myself, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Check us out, fullmetaltraveler.com. This is Unskilled. We'll see you next week.